0: For our next scripture reading, we turn forward in our Bibles about 400 years, uh, not many pages, but about 400 years to the coming of Christ and the prophecies concerning his coming and the preparation for the coming of Christ. So Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 5 to 17. People prepared. We'll close the reading there. It's this time of year when we think about Christmas. Uh, sometimes called Advent, and Advent means coming, means the coming of Christ, and also at the time, looking forward to the birth of Christ, as and we look glance to the future to the second coming. Of Christ too. Christmas is for us a celebration of the birth of a child. Uh, you wouldn't always guess it when you looked around you at all the, uh, the tinsel and the lights and so on and so forth, but we're actually celebrating the birth of a child, not just of a child, but of the child, the one who has prophesied long to come into the world, Jesus the Christ. And his coming was not without a plan from God and not without a long, long preparation. And the second coming of Christ is not without a plan from God and not without a long, long preparation. And just as the people of the Old Testament could place themselves somewhere in that first plan of God, so we, as the people of God, can place ourselves somewhere In God's plan for the second coming of Christ. Let's have a look at this coming of Christ. uh, Mostly the first coming of Christ. There was the promise of Christ. Then there was the preparation for Christ. Then there was the fulfillment. Christ is come. So the promise of Christ. The whole of the Old Testament is promise. More especially... Uh, As we looked at Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the last page of the last book, uh, it is the promise of the coming of Christ. Uh, The the Old Testament is arranged in a certain order. The actual original Hebrew Old Testament had a slightly different order, uh, but our order is based on the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which was commonly used in New Testament times. And it's it's just the same words, just the same books, but a different order. But very logically, uh, the last page of the last book of our Old Testament is this prophecy of the coming of Christ. Malachi chapter 4 foretells that day that is coming. What a day it will be. It's a day in the future for Malachi. It's a day that we are able to look back upon. Malachi foretold a day of justice. A day of sweeping away all evil. There will be a day of fire. A day of burning like an oven. A day when the evil are gathered together in a great bonfire that's dried out, dried twigs, stubble. Dried grass, just waiting for a match to be put to it before it goes whoosh, upwards in fire. So it was with the coming of Christ, a day of judgment upon evil, a day of grace for the Lord's people. So it will be when the Lord comes again. The Lord will gather all evil together throughout the world. It will be like that bonfire, just like tinder. And he'll put a match to it. And up it will go in smoke and flames. It's a day of rejoicing for the people of God. That day is the coming of the Messiah. The first coming and the second coming. It's a day of rejoicing like sunrise. After the long night. Uh, there was a, a sort of a prophetic blackout, there were like sort of blackout blinds over, over the people of God uh, for this 400 years or so uh, between Malachi and the coming of the New Testament. And the, so when the New Testament came, it was like those blinds had been thrown open to let the light of the dawn in. And it was a coming of daylight, the coming of the dawn, the sun rising, the sun of righteousness with healings in its wings. And the other image, another image that Malachi gives here in chapter four, is that it will be a great day of rejoicing, like calves uh, released uh, into the into the fields. Again, if you ever seen um, cows and calves that have been cooped up all winter time uh, in our climate, they have to be cooped up in in barns over the winter, and there comes a day in the springtime when the farmer comes along and throws open the gates, and off they go, and they they they, they just beside themselves with joy that they can be out in the open in the sunshine and the fresh green grass again that's what it's like when the lord is coming that's what it will be like when jesus comes for the first time yes and for the second time too a day of healing a day of justice a day of the righting of all wrongs when will it be 400 years after the day of Malachi, God's timings are often slower, dare I say, always slower than what we imagine, what we would like. In our impatience, we want it now, we want God to to work now. But the Lord's timings are so often so much slower. 400 years since the time of Malachi. 2,000 plus years now into this Christian era. And in the meantime, as they are waiting, Malachi tells them, verse 4, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Yes, there'll be a wait, but you're not to, uh, to be idle. You're not to wait like people waiting for the bus that never comes. You're to be active in that waiting. Following the law of the Lord. the Statutes and the rules that God commanded them at Horeb. You're to be actively waiting for the coming of the Lord. So the promise of Christ, the great promise of his coming. But there was a preparation for the coming of Christ, too. And uh, Malachi mentions that, too. Um, there is a great clue as to when the Lord would come. And that clue is the prophet Elijah. God will send Elijah to prepare the way for the great event of the coming of the Lord. Remember, Elijah was taken up into heaven. He's, he's, he didn't actually go through the process of death. He was taken up in the fiery chariot into heaven. Would he return in that way? Just before the coming of Christ? Would there be a fiery chariot and the entrance of Elijah again into the world? Would he herald as a great man in a great way the great events of the coming of Christ? The event of redemption and salvation, the the coming of christ to heal and to judge elijah would prepare the way for it uh, he would turn the hearts of the people to the lord uh, he would turn the hearts back he would turn the hearts of the people back to the spiritual fathers way way back to abraham to isaac to joseph to the patriarchs way way back He would turn their hearts to them. And the hearts, metaphorically, of the the people of the Old Testament would be turned to the new. They would again become one with the people of the Old Testament. Having strayed so far from the word of God by the time that Christ came, this Elijah will prepare the way by turning them back again to the true God and so we turn to the New Testament to read again about the coming of this Elijah he that's the child to be born to uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth he Be full of the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will go before him, that's the Christ, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. He would not be actually Elijah returned from heaven. In the fiery chariot. But he will be one who went in the spirit and the power of Elijah. It's amazing how God works through ordinary everyday things. Maybe people expected uh, the fiery chariot to appear from heaven out of the skies one day. But in fact what God was doing. Was to bring about The birth of a child again. No ordinary child. We know him as John the Baptist. He would be a child who would be born into an impossible situation. Uh, His mother was way past the age of bearing children, his father was advanced in years. Does that remind you of anything? Uh, Think back through the Old Testament. Think of Sarah. Uh, Think of Rebecca, of Leah, of Rachel. Uh, The wives of the patriarchs, we could uh, almost call them the matriarchs of Israel. They were ones whom the Lord worked in a miraculous way so that they could have children. And when God is, is working like this, look up. It's very significant. So here a child would be born to Elizabeth in her old age and to Zechariah. And he would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. It wouldn't actually be the actual Elijah. He's staying in heaven. Although he does come to the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration. But Elijah is staying in heaven. And... It is John the Baptist who is coming as one like Elijah. This voice crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way for the Lord. And his identity is confirmed by Christ. On the way down from the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, then why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? They got it into the heads of the uh, the fiery chariot appearing. Um, and Jesus answered, "Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they didn't recognize him. But they did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands." And then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist is Matthew 17. And John the Baptist certainly looked like Elijah. He was dressed in uh, hair with a a leather belt. He ate wild food out in the desert. He challenges the king of Israel in his day. Uh, Elijah challenged Ahab. Uh, About his wife Jezebel and all the foreign gods she'd introduced. Uh, John challenges Herod about his wife Herodias. This is the role of the prophets to bring back the people of God to the faith once delivered to them in the Old Testament times. And what's would john do he would prepare god's people he would preach repentance to make the way clear for the coming of the lord he would baptize the crowds he would turn their hearts in repentance back to the fathers of the old testament and back to the lord he would be persecuted as elijah was by the king of his day. So the promise, the preparation, and then the fulfillment of the coming of Christ. John the Baptist was asked if he was, in fact, the Christ. People were beginning to think that, oh, maybe he's the one. He was very popular, the crowd's, not just gathered around him in the cities, but they actually went out into the deserts to hear him. He was very significant. Uh, There were people around who were John the Baptist's disciples for generations afterwards. Remember, Paul met some of them at Ephesus. Uh, He was very significant. And he was asked if he was the Messiah, but he said no. He pointed to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world? And John said that he must decrease and Christ must increase. He must fade away into the background while Christ took prominence in God's plan. Jesus came to save and to heal and to restore all the things promised in Malachi. But to see his work, we have to look beyond the stable and the baby to the grown man, to the cross and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. We must look at his work of saving not as as saving us from political enslavement from all sorts of enslavement but saving us from enslavement enslavement to sin we look beyond the cradle to the cross to Jesus dying upon the cross taking our sins upon himself suffering in Our place. And then, two, we look beyond still further to the second coming of Christ. We don't know when that will be. We've been this people in waiting for these 2,000 years or so. We don't know how long it will continue. But we know that the Lord will come again. We have His promise. We look forward to a day of justice, to the bonfire of evil up in smoke. It's been set in motion by the first coming of Christ, a day of healing, and a day of resurrection, like the rising of the sun, like a joyful day. There's no promise concerning Elijah for the second coming of Christ. That was for the first coming. There's no promise of the preparation of God's people for the second coming of Christ by another Elijah or like an Elijah. The Lord will come at an hour when we do not know. We have to take these words seriously. He'll come at an hour when we do not know. When life is going on like it's always gone on. People are buying and selling and getting married and doing this and that. And then the Lord will suddenly come to his people. And until that day, we are to live as the people of God, just as they were in the Old Testament times before the first coming of Christ. We are to live as Christians, as the people of God, a waiting people. Not a people waiting at the bus stop for the bus that never comes, but a people actively waiting in Great patience and pursuing the will of God for ourselves. The difference being between us and them in the Old Testament is that now we have Christ. Now we have the Holy Spirit. So, Advent time. The coming of Christ. a time of new beginnings. Believe and turn to him. Look above and beyond the time of Christmas. look to the second coming of Christ. May the Lord hasten that day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your promise always holds true. And though it seemed a long time, seems a long time coming. We know, Lord, that your promise will always work out. Thank you, O oh Lord, that you came into the world to be our Savior. And thank you, O oh Lord Jesus, that you will come again into this world. And we pray with the church of all ages, Maranatha, our Lord come. Amen.